Well, good afternoon to you. Uh, this is Alan Seymour here, Future of Sport, brand new year 2018, and I'm exceptionally delighted that my very first guest 2018 on the Future of Sport show here on All In Sports Talk platform is my very, very good friend uh, from San Antonio, uh, Dr. Jacob Tingle, Trinity University. So I'm going to begin, Jacob. Tell us tell the audience what a fantastic trip you had with your students recently in London. Tell us all about the trip. Alan, thank you so much uh, for, for having me as a guest uh, on the show uh, and, and for providing an opportunity for, for me to share uh, a little bit about our class journey uh, in London. Um, and yeah, so I'll just, I'll give a, a, a quick overview of what we did and what we were attempting to do, uh, and, um, and, and and please feel free to stop me uh, anyway, uh, anywhere along the way. Um, so we uh, had, um, well, let me back up. The class title is called Tom Brown's School Days, a comparison between the British and American sport systems. And all of the 16 students who were in London with us had taken the prerequisite uh, uh, American sports sociology class. And Tom Brown's School Days, as, as many of your listeners will know, harkens back to the, the book from the uh, mid-19th century um, that, when it made its way to America, um, was very influential in, uh, in the school um, movement, the school sports movement um, here in the, in the 1850s, 60s. Uh, our, our president, um, well, then pre well before he was president, Teddy Roosevelt uh, landed his uh, his hands on a copy of that book and, and it influenced his life. So it's it's a nice nod back to, to uh, uh, you know historic literature. Um, we colloquially colloquially refer to the class as sport in London, um, and and it really is a, a sprint to the finish for yeah. for thirteen days. We arrive. Uh, we arrived in London uh, the morning of December 27th, and had a nice orientation session with the faculty uh, and the, the staff at Arcadia University, who are our host. Uh, our students stay in their dorms, and we use Arcadia's central London classroom space. Um, and uh, after after a nice orientation day and some opportunity to kind of walk around and explore central London, we hit the, the ground running on December 28th. Um, and with a tour of, uh, of Twickenham. And the thing that's really nice about the class from my standpoint is uh, for, for five of the major venues that we visit, our students are required to do a 30-minute presentation about the venue and then about the sport right. that is played at that venue. Um, and then the students are then required to get us um, from the uh, Arcadia Center uh, to the venue. Oh, wow. Uh, that none of these students have been in London before, um, and so it's a really great way yeah. for them um, to um, to figure out. Um, you know, again, you're dumped in a you're you're dumped in a foreign city, uh, and and there's a way to figure out how to get from point A to point B, and and I think one of the things that Coach McGinley and I try to do is to not baby the students. Um, and, uh, and and really force them to figure out how to do this on their own. Yeah. Um, because we're trying to prepare them for you know for life after graduation. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so we we begun at, at, at Twickenham uh, on the on the 28th, uh, which uh, we do that for a couple of reasons. One, uh, in the U.S. And, and again, for for some of your listeners who haven't been to the U.S. Um, we don't have national sports data yep. uh, for you know for yeah. any, any any of our sports, so it's a really great way to begin for our students just to be plopped right in the middle of understanding that there is something really different yeah. about English sport, um, um, just right from the start. It's also um, not as easy to get to as <laughs> some other <laughs> locations, uh, so it's a it's a real nice. Um, entree there as yeah. well. Um, we then came back uh, and, and caught a, uh, a cruise line uh, at Westminster Pier and went down to Greenwich, um, and it was beautiful to see the city um, from right. the Thames. Uh, we then had a, a guest, our first guest lecture, uh, Dr. Chris Gaffney, right. uh, who um, his specialty is Olympics, uh, is 
regentrification and stadia and their impact on on, uh, on cities and countries. Yeah. So he talked to us a little bit about the 2012 Olympic Games, um, which was a nice segue because then the, that Friday the 29th, we had a great blue badge tour of the Olympic Park. Wow. Yeah. Um, and having having Dr. Gaffney's lecture. Um, before the tour allowed our students to ask a little bit more critical questions of the Blue Badge um, uh, guide yeah. uh, than they would have otherwise. Um, and, and so it was nice for them to, to, to get the juxtaposition of all is well, all is beautiful with yeah, maybe some yeah. of the people in Stratford and, and the Lee Valley were impacted in ways wow. that, yeah. um, that weren't all roses and sunshine. Um, then we went, uh, had a brief tour of the O2, uh, which was, which was a great, uh, uh, again, juxtaposition for them to see this is more of an American-like stadium. Yeah. Um, also interesting for me to see a stadium that didn't have, that doesn't have a quote-unquote, um, uh, you know, a, 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 a regular guest, a, a regular, uh, a regular tenant. Yeah. Right? So the, the O2 reminded me a lot of, of San Antonio's AT&T Center, which right. is the home of the Spurs. Yeah. But they have to hustle uh, to, to, to fill up every every night, unlike uh, you know most American venues. So that, right. that's really that was an interesting tour. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then that afternoon we concluded with a guest lecture by the great uh, from the great Simon Inglis, yeah. who uh, who is a you know a historian, uh, and he gave us a great lecture on uh, on his book played in London, right. which set a strong foundation for us, uh, for the rest of, uh, the, the rest of the class. Um, the next day was Saturday the 30th, uh, and, and we, uh, went to Hampton Court Palace. Um, I, I think any visit to London, um, without a, uh, you know, a detailed understanding of, of the Tudors and, yeah. and their impact on, Western civilization, uh, uh, w w you'd be remiss. So whether it's sport related or not, uh, that that visit I think is just historically important. Um, the beautiful thing, Alan, at this point is is the, the students were supposed to have from one o'clock on were supposed to to have free time. Okay. And they were so impacted by our our tour at Twickenham um, that they took it upon themselves. Harlequins were playing. Uh, uh, their annual match um, at Twickenham that night, and so our students rallied and left Hampton Court Palace and went straight to Twickenham, bought tickets, wow. and sat among the, the seventy-seven thousand people that watched Twickenham uh, that watched Harlequins. So, so our students got to see their first ever live <laughs> run match um, and, a, and a pretty big, pretty good lot, you know, a pretty yeah. good team. Jacob, can I, I, I know this, uh, I mean, I'm living this absolutely as you tell it to me. And what yeah. is great about this, it's, it's the essence of being global. It's the essence of a great growing sport business community. Family, as I keep referring to it now with my connections with you, connections with the University of South Florida, and many, many others now who, because of the great pioneering that I see happening in our wonderful world that we both inhabit and now our students are inhabiting, the great potential that's coming out of it, and just the feel and as you've, uh, the resonance that's coming out of your stories here, and it's not just a story or a narrative, it's real live sports experiences. And there is literally no textbook in the world, no connections that you can make. And, and I just want to pick up on a couple of things that you've said, and then we'll continue almost the journey as we go through. We've got lots of touch points, because I'm, I was well aware, in fact, I participated in some of your programme anyway, but I'm well aware of all the programmes. So we're not, we're not limited to time in this discussion today, Jacob, so we can, right. we can use all the touch points. What I think is so important, first off, the title of your course, you know, uh, Revisiting Tom Brown's School Days, and, you know, the traditions and the heritage and the cultural aspects, they can never be understated or underestimated in what we do. You know, sport is all of those things, and it's so encouraging, gratifying, uh, what, whatever kind of sense I want to put on it, that you've covered those things. How important do you think think was 
the the way in which you kind of set this out in the in the module and the kind of curricular planning for this visit and the way that the visit then is going to impact on the way the students will uh, relate uh, and do things on this module how important do you think some of the things that you visited were in this jacob yeah i i mean i, I think you know we had we, we hit rugby, we hit cricket, we hit, um, you know, a, a, an EPL stadium, we hit a Champions League stadium, right. uh, we, we hit Westminster Abbey, we hit, you know, so we saw things that were culturally important, um, uh, and, and then also from a sports standpoint, <coughs> things that are, are, are uniquely, um, or at least began, you know, you know, uh, in, in England, uh, clearly cricket and rugby are not uniquely, uh, you know, English any, anymore. No. Um, but, but those two sports in particular um, had such historical importance in the development of American football uh, and then also American baseball um, that it's, I think it's just fascinating that our students can tell you everything about what's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers right okay, now, yeah, yeah. but don't even know what rugby is uh, and, and where it's played necessarily, yeah. right? So there's this idea of, of trying to help our students understand that um, America is not the only place uh, <laughs> that, that, that sport happens. Uh, and that, in, in fact, in many ways, we are on an island uh, that, the, that the rest of the world is doing something uh, very different okay. uh, in the sport context than we are. And, and for them to be able to see and touch and, and experience um, those venues, uh, and, and in particular, I think the national stadia idea is so we just don't have anything at all like that in the U.S. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, even for, for athletics, right, there's just not a national stadium um, for, for, for sports that even seemingly would make sense to have one. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's really important for our, our students to just immediately understand that what they think is, quote-unquote, the greatest thing in the world is, is actually... I mean, we are the outliers. Okay. Um, from the way most of the rest of the world does it, and and I want our students to think about why that yeah. is. Yeah. I, I think one of the interesting because I met with your students and before we come on to you know what you did after your visit to uh, the Olympic Park etc and some of the other venues that I know you visited Lords and Twickenham uh, sorry and Lords and Wimbledon for example and maybe your experiences at uh, um, what you know many from the outside and we certainly probably in the UK see as our you know our national sport i.e. soccer football and the EPL and all things football and I know your devotion and connections with Queen's Park Rangers so we'll, we'll come on to that in a minute but when your students visited and watched a game now the game of harlequins you know who are using twickenham as a venue to play in you know and really twickenham was only ever the venue for the england rugby team it has now been extended and you know england's women play there it's it, it is still the home notional well not notionally it is the home of the rugby football union but obviously a little bit like now wembley is being used by tottenham hotspur and occasionally and obviously uh, nfl is coming to uh, Tottenham Hotspur's ground, the, the new White Hart Lane uh, in, in the forthcoming season. So there are lots of developments globally anyway, which is quite encouraging to see and, 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 and talk about. But did your students, what was their experience of literally watching, you know, a kind of live rugby experience where the, the passions, if you like, were very much on the same basis of a, a quote I might use, you know, Ohio State versus Michigan in, 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 in kind of NFL college terms. What was it like for them? They, they were just blown yeah, away. Okay. Uh, again, I think many of our students uh, in the Wimbledon tour does a uh, uh, Ben Swan there does a great job of, of highlighting kind of the stereotypical okay. yeah. Englishman whatever, right? And so I think a lot of our students have uh, the stereotype of uh, you know afternoon tea <laughs> and uh, uh, you know uh, you know 
ascot or you know very genteel yeah. and, and you know that and so, so <laughs> to see um, a rugby match um, where where you know folks were were certainly I think well behaved um, you know maybe compared to a Philadelphia Eagles or <laughs> okay. or you know Oakland Raiders match or something like that football match <clears throat> very well behaved but very passionate yeah. and very uh, very vocal. Uh, I think that was a really great first match for them to see. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and again, to see it with 77,000 people. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, uh, again, for your listeners who have been to Twickenham, understand that, you know, there's not very many ways in and out of that town. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, uh. and for them to also experience the bottleneck of what it means to move that many people from yeah. one rail line. Um, yeah, uh, just it's it's an experience they'll, they'll they they raved about for the rest of the trip. And yeah. here's what's funny, Alan, is this is again this was not something that Paul and I had on the on the syllabus. Okay, and, and five or six days later, uh, many of the students were still talking about <coughs> that 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 had been their favorite experience on the trip. Of, and <laughs> you know, we Paul and I thought, well, I guess we don't need to plan the class. <laughs> you, know, you guys can go do whatever you want because yeah. gonna. Jacob, I do want to come in there because you're absolutely spot on. And, and, and in many ways, the fact that you couldn't really put a word on it or it was totally, you know, off the cuff or ad lib or whatever expression we might put on it. But those moments that are not pre, pre-planned, you know, I, I noted you, you made a couple of phrases that I picked up on, you know, uh, learning on your feet, sprinting to the finish. You know, uh, these were the kind of memorable moments. And, you know, the very fact that I didn't realise, although maybe I should have done because the, I, I was with you on the last trip and you've been on this and I've done two intervening trips, both to America and back with, with students recently from, from the US. And what was interesting, uh, the US students, when they were going from venue to venue or from London to Worcester and back, they planned their a whole itinerary themselves and they had to get across London to Wembley and watch the England-Germany game they had to get on the train from Worcester to go back uh, to London and so on and I think they got as much and they talked a lot about that a lot lot more in some ways than maybe kind of the routinized or the, the structured elements of some parts of it so you know it's great to hear what you say about some of those things. So let's kind of move it on. No, no, just one other thing. Tell me about the O2 experience, because the O2 is a great story, because that was planned as a millennium uh, iconic building when it was built for the opening of, you know, coming into 2000. And it was built, and it was a complete utter failure in lots of ways, apart from what it did on the if you like, on the evening as we moved in, you know, to, to the new millennium in 2000. And it was never successful. It failed miserably. It had to be bailed out, etc. But since it became, if you like, the sponsored O2 Arena and then became lots of different opportunities. I mean, when the Florida students were here a few weeks ago in November, so a few months ago now, but they went to watch the tennis there and Federer, etc. But there are lots of other things that go on there. What was your experience? I think you you, you, you likened it perhaps to one of your American stadiums, I think the, the, the San Antonio Spurs, yeah. So tell us a little bit about that visit. Yeah, so it, it, it is interesting, um, you know, that uh, when we were there for our tour, and, and I, I still can't believe they, they took the time to give us a tour uh, uh, while um, they were preparing for Disney on Ice. Yeah. Um, so, so literally, uh, as we were... As we were on the tour, um, the the uh, young boys and girls and their moms and dads were uh, were starting to file in for Disney on Ice. Wow! Uh, and so just to see, you know, just to see that going on, um, mo- 
most of the time when you do a stadium tour, um, you know, it's empty, right? Yeah, yeah. But to see the stadium actually um, alive, right? Yeah. To see the to see the drinks venue, you know, to see the drinks being poured, to see the merchandise being sold, to see how people were treated by ushers, to yeah. see how people uh, were treated by the by the ticket folks. <clears throat> that was pretty significant. Um, uh, again, I'd never been on a tour um, uh, like that, uh, and and for our, again for our students to be able to see um, that uh, stadiums are are alive um, and. and but not from the perspective of a ticket holder, right? Yeah. If I walk in I, and, and I'm going to watch the event, um, I've got, I, I, I need to know where my seat is, yeah. I want to know where beer is, I want to know where my popcorn is, and my head is down, and that's where I'm going. For them to kind of have the curtain peeled back and to see all of that going on, but from the perspective of an observer as opposed to someone using the venue, yeah. Um, was was really meaningful uh, and, and again allowed for some great conversations for us to talk about event management yeah um, and then for us to be able to talk about um, uh, uh, you know security and safety issues uh, in a way that those questions wouldn't have come up had we toured the venue when it was empty yeah um, and, and, and the other thing that you know just uh, from my perspective I don't know that the students um, would have picked this, picked up on this, but to see the, uh, to, to have the conversations with the, the event folks there and to talk about how they have, to, because there's not a permanent tenant, how they really have to, to hustle to fill nights. And so it's, it's common yeah. and it's theater and it's netball, uh, which shocked me that, yeah. that they now have a netball club tournaments that are big enough to fill, you know, <laughs> fill the O2. Um, and, um, and then all of the other, uh, you know, the NBA uh, is, uh, I guess there's a Celtics game that's there last night or yeah. tonight. Uh, and so all of the other things that they've done to turn what, in your words, you know, a dying uh, or dead venue into, to, you know, something that's used 300 nights a year is, is pretty remarkable. And I think what also has been, you know, you've touched upon it there because I think as well the emergence of lots of extra opportunities of making sport happen, uh, and through event management and being on both sides of the equation almost or on both sides of the spectrum uh, whether you're a planner an observer a participant a stakeholder and I think it's been great culturally but it's also been great, great practically and I'm seeing a rebirth almost well it's not rebirth it's probably um, an incarnation in many ways of minority sports and new sports and the fact that I touched upon that you know at Twickenham England ladies and the England Rugby team and the England Rugby Union, uh, the England Rugby yeah. World Cup for women, netball that you've just touched upon. In fact, netball is now a live, serious sport on Sky Sports News here, every, not every week, but in the season, uh, yeah. while, while we were at Worcester doing our conference. Uh, you know, there were, there, there were lots of minority sports being played there. So what is definitely emerging, I think, from this initial part of our conversation interviewed today, Jacob, is, you know, that sport is alive and well and kicking, but the greater opportunities and potential uh, for 8 to 80 from all kinds of generations and all kinds of cultures to become involved. So you moved on from the O2 and you, you went to um, um, the Olympic Park. Tell us a little bit about the kind of middle part of your trip then. Yeah. So, uh, so, so from from there, we uh, we went and, and had a great tour uh, of the Emirates, right? Uh, of, you know, the, the the home of Arsenal, and again, just um, the, the historical significance of, of that club um, is meaningful. Um, but also, I don't, you know, with all apologies to, to other, uh, you know, other worldwide brands. I don't know that there's a club who intentionally markets themselves and brands themselves uh, as well um, as as Arsenal do, yeah. right? And, and really, uh, that uh, walking into the stadium and, and around the stadium, that his that intentional connection to the the long-standing history of the club um, 
is is done for a lot of reasons, yeah. many of which I mean outlines brilliantly in his in his book. Yeah. Um, but let's be clear, uh, you know, the chief motivator, uh, as with most professional sport, is 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 financial, right? Yeah. I mean, they by hearkening back to their history, they are signaling um, to everyone who goes there, whether you are a fan of Arsenal or not. Um, our club has been here longer than yours. Uh, our club has won more matches than yours. Uh, we are historically more important, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Whether any of those things are true or not, um, they have done an unbelievably good job of branding uh, and marketing, so much so that, you know, I think it was in 2009, they were the first, uh, uh, you know, the first soccer club to have 3 million Twitter followers which maybe doesn't sound like many now, yeah. uh, although I, it still is. But to think about in 2009, they had that many. Uh, and, and the fact that they engage with their fans uh, in, you know, in Vietnamese, uh, in, in Chinese, in Spanish, uh, you know, via Twitter and via other social media platforms. I, I, I think that was that's the big take home that I wanted our students yeah. to get from that from that tour is is there's a lot of money to be made in history if you do it right. Absolutely. And it well. yeah. uh, and, and all their problems on the pitch this year, uh, there are, I don't know how many teams in England that would trade places with them in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, when, when you're talking about firing your manager uh, for being in seventh place, um, you know, talk to the other 91 professional teams or whatever. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, can I just, I mean, my allegiances don't go to Arsenal, but if I, if I had to have a choice of a second club and I had to have a choice, like you've echoed, of doing things right in so many ways, and I won't even put a business hat on here, just in the sheer respect for the game, the traditions of sport, you know, the marble corridors, um, they go back to Chapman era, and, and, and as the history that I'm sure you're aware of. And ironically, you know, Highbury is always still present in the New Emirates, you know, and and everything that is about the club reeks of what we might in, in, in the UK call class. And, and funnily enough, Jacob, I don't know whether it was just before or... No, it, it was before because it was the week before Christmas, in fact. I paid my first visit to the Emirates and I was a, ah. I was a guest of a, a good colleague, a good golfing colleague of mine, and had been asked... And I was just knocked out by the, by the whole experience, you know, and, and echo a lot of the things that you've said there. But, you know, marketing yourself based on respect and tradition and history and good values is not only a surefire winner in terms of sport, but clearly, obviously, is a very, very good um, uh, way of, of improving your lot in the, in, in the world of commerce and marketing and, yeah. uh, and commercialization and business and whatever. So you went on from there. Did you watch your game at the Emirates? Or? We did not watch no, the game okay. at the Emirates. The, no. the next day, yeah. we, we went to um, the anti-Emirates and saw <laughs> a match at Loftus Road, okay. uh, where, where um, my, my Rangers... Uh, beat uh, tabletop in Cardiff City uh, in a, a wonderful comeback. Yeah. Um, and the great thing is, is two days later we went back to Loftus Road for a, a tour and a lecture. Okay. Um, and so for them to have seen the match there, but then and then uh, and again experience it as a fan, but then to go back and, and see the the tour and and the the, the stark juxtaposition between. Um, you know that stadium and uh, and Emirates uh, just smacks. You know, the students were just smacked on the face, uh, in the face with it. You, you know, almost from the beginning when you, when you when you walk past the reception area, yeah. um, you know the the locker rooms. Just in terms of the size, but also um, what's in them and what's not in them. And and uh, you know the hospitality areas are just as good and, and just as fancy and nice and, and the boxes, but there's fewer boxes yeah. and there's you know, et cetera, et cetera, you know, when you're dealing with a stadium that's 100 years old. And so that was that was really meaningful for the, our students to see, you know, you know, and, and to ask the question two years ago, uh, Man United was, uh, or Liverpool, were sitting in this visiting locker room. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and 
the real difference between that visiting locker room and the visiting locker room at, at Emirates. Um, and then to talk about the, you know, the, 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 the neighborhood and, and the difference um, and, and you know, we, we had a long talk about the White City Estates and yeah. uh, what QPR does as a club uh, with the youth um, from 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 those um, from the, that housing area, uh, which I think is really meaningful for our students yeah. to understand that that soccer, that football clubs um, have many of them, maybe not all of them, but but many of them. QPR I think does it in spades. Um, really understands its role, its place in their their own community and that um, that while they take from, it's also really important that they give to and uh, give back to the community. Um, and so that was, I think that was a really meaningful conversation, a guest lecture for our students to, to understand how much time and effort and energy and, and really money a club like QPR spends on um, on developing relationships with their community and with the, the what we call high school students um, that, that that live in White City Estates, um, and and it's I think it's an important ethos. One of the things you talked about in, in your guest lecture yeah. with us uh, was was the idea of, of community service and service learning as an important um, next step for sport management students, yeah. and and for us to see that and, and to hear firsthand. From, from the folks who run the academy, um, the, the youth academy, um, that there's, you know, none of those students, I mean, no, most of them, you know, aren't going to, aren't going to, to, to make one of the QPR, they're not going to get in that club system, right? Um, but for them to spend the time and the money to train those students on, uh, on football and on life, um, it just fits right in with the ethos that you had talked about of, of what the future sport marketer, the future sport manager should really care about. Yeah. It's not just the tickets. It's not just the merchandise. It's it's not just the sponsorships. It's what are you doing for the people who live in your community. Um, and, uh, and so that was a really meaningful meaningful tour and, uh, and, and guest lecture for our students. Because um, so many of the other so many of the other venues you know, you know, maybe those things happen, but they're not talked about on the tours. Okay. I mean, uh, I think, can I, can I, yeah. And I mean, it was interesting here because we use benchmarks, don't we, all the time? And, and, and we can, we can quote and we can cite and we can look at case studies and we can kind of see differing, uh, perspectives on some of the engagement processes. And obviously, uh, you know, in my conference recently, you know, I asked a, a sports business publisher what advice would he give to aspiring sport management, sport marketing students. And he was coming to Worcester, not for the first time, but he's, he's from London and he's from big metropolis, etc. And he came and he said, Worcester has eight sports clubs in a variety of ways. That's eight great opportunities for any sports student here to go and engage with those sports clubs. And you don't need to think, I, I like, you know, I like athletics and they've got a good athletics club here, so I'll go and run for that club. You can go and organise park runs. You can go and organise, you know, something for the elderly there or something for the parents when they're dropping off their young. You know, there are so many different initiatives. Do the volunteering bit, do the engagement bit, but learn all the facets of what sport can offer. And I think yeah. you can do that and demonstrate that. And I'm so, you know, it's so gratifying. And I know because I spoke to a lot of your students on the day when me and Paul visited you for the guest lecture. And we want to continue yeah. the relationship. And we're going to be talking a lot more that, about that over the coming weeks and months. But the fact that students can pick up on that and can learn by it, and, you know, that experiential learning, that kind of civic responsibility service learning, that, that, that we talk about. So we moved on. We did a guest lecture on the Monday, the 2nd of January, I think it was. What happened in the kind of closing part uh, of the trip, uh, Jacob? If you could just kind of segue right through to when you left, I think, sure. after, the, after the Lord's visit. Uh, so, excuse me. So we went, uh, had a, a great behind-the-scenes tour of Wembley, uh, and then the next day uh, got to see Tottenham play West Ham to oh, that, wow. uh, to draw. Uh, at Wembley, and again, so the, the idea of being able to see the juxtaposition between an empty stadium and touring it, and then the next day, or you know, or, or, or yeah. within 
the period, then being able to see it used uh, brings it brings it so much more to life. Um, we had a wonderful um, uh, guest lecture, uh, educational visit uh, at uh, at Wimbledon, where our students learned the word debenture, uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, and learned what that means, and and learned um, a lot about Wimbledon's brand and mm. how they do uh, and have his have done a, a uh, an intentional job for a century of protecting their brand. Yeah, uh, they learned the difference between suppliers and sponsors. And so that business at Wimbledon tour, again, very eye-opening because, you know, I mean, I think Wimbledon maybe is exclusive in the world in terms of how they do it, but certainly no one at, no one in the U.S. Uh, does, uh, does business that way. Um, and so I think it was really uh, wonderful for our students to have, you know, quote-unquote, the books opened up for them, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Um, the next day, we did. Uh, we got to slow down a little bit, and, and we did an overnight. We, we took the um, train from Paddington Station to, to Bath. Right. Um, we, we did a, a nice tour at Stonehenge, and then just a really slow down uh, dinner with some alumni, Trinity alumni that live in Bath. Um, we didn't have anything to do until 10 o'clock the next morning, so our students could wake up and explore the beautiful historic city. Um, and, and, and they were just thrilled to be away from the sirens and uh, uh, and, and the traffic yeah. and the tubes for you know, for for 18 hours uh, we came back we had another nice meal with some Trinity alumni uh, right on the south bank right next to the Globe theater uh, and then and then the class ended with uh, the, the last formal activity was a tour of Lords um, a beautiful Imogene was just a wonderful tour guide uh, and, and just didn't make our students feel dumb for not knowing cricket and walked us through it uh, and, and, and helped our students uh, understand um, some of the, the subtle nuances of cricket. Yeah. So, so again, to, to begin at Twickenham and to end at Lords was a nice... Um, th- those those were nice, uh, fr- you know, ni- a nice frame frame for... For everything else that took place. I mean, if you were going to segue start to finish, and we started this interview, you know, some forty minutes ago now, and it's just flown by. And we, we we could talk for uh, four hundred minutes, not just forty minutes and more. Uh, but you know, Tom Brown's school days, and you know, behind those walls, and you know, I always think that you know, lots of things originate in education, and that your first kind of real memories of maybe, you know, the lives that we're leading, but certainly maybe the lives that we're leading through sport. You know, the echoes and the beginnings for most people do start in school and sports starts in school. And, you know, to go from uh, kind of Twickenham uh, to Lord, it's, it, it's a kind of beautiful vision here. Uh, and, you know, you talked about uh, a great American president, Teddy Roosevelt, that kind of, you know, talking about those great traditions and, 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 and how they've influenced. And, and I think that's always, for me, a very important point in the world of sport through kind of tradition, respect and, and, and ultimately the values that we hold. Before we finish the, the kind of interview and maybe just do some reflections, just tell us a little bit more if you could, because a lot of my shows are all about sport business, yeah, but they're all about more than just sport business. They're about the importance of global digital education. Uh, you know, some of the societal things that I think quite often through sport happen. Uh, and, and I'm very intrigued to know how you're going to link all of this into your education program. So perhaps tell us a little bit more what's going to happen, you know, post the visit and more in the kind of curriculum module assignment program that you've set up, I believe, over the next two to three months, Jacob. Just tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so we have the, the students um, come back. Uh, um, you know, classes have formally started uh, at, at Trinity, uh, but the, uh, the students, um, um, we meet with them weekly starting next Wednesday for the next 10 weeks. And this is when we get a little bit more into the, into the, you know, the academic reading. So we read some, okay. you know, some scholarly journal articles, some, some book chapters. Um, we, uh, we, we read, uh, and, and have a couple of more guest, you know, guest lectures. Um, uh, we've got Chris Ramsey is going to join us, uh, later in the semester and talk about, um, Brilliant. uh, a historical perspective of racism in, in football, uh, which I think will be a nice, you know, a nice 
way for us to continue the conversation of what's happening, been happening in American football with, yeah. um, with you know, the folks kneeling on the sidelines and those kinds of things. And yeah. so, um, so we, we get a little bit more uh, um, uh, of the quote-unquote traditional academic stuff back on campus, um, but it is all discussion-based. Okay. So, so in pairs, the students, uh, everyone does the readings, but in pairs, the students lead a discussion. They're, they are not permitted to bring PowerPoints. They're not permitted to um, to have any kind of structured, you know, like um, okay. uh, slide deck. Um, it, it is it is truly supposed to be a, a discussion um, on uh, on the reading. And what we found the last time is it's in this ten weeks back on campus where the learning actually happens. Yeah. Uh, because they they do some reading, um, and and then as they're doing the reading, they're. Um, they're able to access, you know, intellectually. They're able to access what they did uh, while they were they, while they okay. were in London. Yeah. Uh, and, and so again, reading about, um, uh, you know, reading about class issues uh, in, you know, in in British sports, say, um, is one thing. But having been to a match at, at Twickenham and see the difference between you know the the, the crowd there and the crowd at uh, at say an EPL match. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think will make the reading and, and will make the academic material that much more real for them and will be that much more meaningful. Um, and then we also have them do reflection, uh, reflective papers and reflective assignments, and those are so much better. Um, uh, you know, with with the gift of time. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that, that Coach McGinley and I do, um, uh, you know, really intentionally with this class is focus on the development uh, of a team uh, and focus on the development of teamwork. And so, um, with with again the the gift of hindsight, um, they get they get to experience a little bit and get to understand a little bit about how important. Um, it is to, um, to, to go through an experience together. Yeah. Um, if you really, if you're going to develop trust, uh, and you're going to develop a bond, um, and develop, develop a team. So that's, that's what we do when we get back. And I, I can't tell you how excited I am yeah. about next Wednesday, um, to, to see the students, um, at, you know, as they're all back together for the first time. Uh, and and to, to get a sense of their joy, uh, and, and Coach McGinley uh, puts together a uh, you know a wonderful slide deck. Uh, uh, excuse me, a, a slideshow. He's taken about two thousand photos. He's our okay. uh, he's our our, cl- our official class photographer. Yeah. <clears throat> so he has um, he he has uh, put together a great. You know, a great video that will will bring tears to the students, uh, you know, eyes um, as they open. remember the, the journey that they went they went through together. So, Jacob, I'm going to throw something right in now, and to demonstrate this is a very you know, I've got the blessing and the and and, and uh, the marvelous opportunity here through digital through uh, through skype and through global connections of, of having this conversation with you live and just to really meaningfully say it's a live interview it's going to go out in a few weeks time as a recorded element on my future sport uh, platform on all in sports talk but i want to give you an opportunity here i want you to give my great regards and thanks to all your students when you meet up with them next wednesday i want to echo everything that you've said and back and and also pass on the good wishes of Dr. Paul Blakey from the University of Worcester and note that we will be doing more and more with you. And maybe one of the interesting things that I didn't recognise, I had had a look at the, the programme of assessment, etc. But you made a very interesting point that the presentation or the reflection and the things that they do in discussion is really the best of conversation. It's the best of debate and discussion. So almost without prompts. And I like that idea immensely. You know, a lot of my presentation style, a lot of my lectures, a lot of my shows that I'm doing is very much based on uh, you know the the impact of having a real debate and discussion with somebody. So when you've done all your assessments, maybe we could do a live show 
on our program here, 90 minutes worth um, unedited almost, and we can talk about the logistics and mechanics of this when you've finished your program, where you can invite your students on and we can have some kind of discussion about all the benefits that they had before, during and after through the programme and module that you've done. And we will do that on your behalf. And me and Dr Paul Blakey from the University of Worcester will host that for you. And although it wouldn't be seen as a video, it would go out for the benefit of what you've just described, a conversation piece, an audio piece, a discussion piece. So I put that out to you as a possibility, as a probability, hopefully, uh, and over the coming weeks, once you've met with your students and you've developed some of the thoughts on that, maybe we can put something together for that going forward, Jacob. And that would be wonderful. I, I would absolutely, uh, absolutely be thrilled, and I think it would be wonderful for our students to... Uh, you know, be forced, be encouraged yeah. to articulate uh, yeah. uh, their learning in a, in, a, in a meaningful way. Yeah, and we would do it fairly, we, we'd have to have some structure to it, but like we've said throughout this interview, you know, thinking on your feet, you know, being able to respond to the scenarios, etc. So you could set it out as if you would if it was going to be a video um, kind of classroom environment and we would be the guest lecturers, if you like, or the guest lecturers from a farm, me and Dr Paul Blakey. And we would put some questions to you, but we would put them or frame them in such a way that it'd be a kind of three or four way discussion from, from kind of our side, your side, and, and, and the various students uh, involved. But we can talk about that a little bit more. Before I let you go, Jacob, we're kind of coming up to um, three quarters of an hour here, and it's been fantastic, fascinating, and really, uh, really formative for me to listen to your reflections on it. Some other thoughts. What are your views, perhaps, of the nature of um, digital education, the nature of global possibilities on the various processes that you've used and when you came into the role there at Trinity and how you've evolved it and what kind of new ventures or new themes or new instructions do you see going forward for the programme there in sport business education generally, Jacob? Yeah, I think um, the, the big thing uh, for me is, is, you know, for us to understand that um, there are, you know, the, the use of, of technology uh, is important and is meaningful um, it, it, when done right. I, I think for us, sometimes, um, you know, I think people get scared of, of, of technology because it's something new they need to, to learn, something new that they need to, <coughs> to do. Um, but then also some people just say, well, um, you, you know, um, they go they go too far the other way. I, yeah. I think there's a there's a really important balance that the human touch is so important that that a computer can't help a student pull out from themselves what they don't even know is inside. Yeah. Right. And I, that's what a gifted faculty member can do. A gifted mentor, a gifted teacher can help someone realize what they don't even that's what's in them, but they don't even know and see it. Right. And can challenge them and can push them. So I think <clears throat> there's important things that we can do in, in, in terms of digital education to take away some of the things that are um, that are more routinized. Right, that that can be done outside of the classroom. And this idea of the flipped classroom, right? If yeah. if if I can encourage students to do A, B, C before they come in, and then and then the technology can help me ensure that they've done it, and can help them, um, you know, with some of those milestones along the way. I know, like the digital textbook that you're helping, yeah. that you're writing right yeah. now. That kind of stuff can be so important. But it can't and shouldn't, in my mind, replace the human touch, right? And, and now, the other thing is, though, is, is what we're doing right now, the human touch can be, you know, six hours away, uh, 5,000 miles away, right? Yep. There can still be a human touch. Um, and so I think there's a fine balance between, you know, straight online learning and, and the old, you know, 
12th century German model, you know, somewhere in between, yeah. uh, I think, is where we need to come to. Um, and, and, you know, and there are fun ways to use technology in class, too. The, the 1230, the sport philanthropy class that I team teach, we require students to, to have a Twitter account, and they're required to, in class, post one live tweet yeah. every class session. Okay. To respond, you know, and so, so that, that, what that allows us to do, Alan, is to continue the conversation. Um, so class ends, and now I can get on my phone, and I can look, and I can see how Jaden has responded to today's lecture or to today's discussion. Yeah. And then I can also see how Susan has done so, et cetera, et cetera. And then we can continue that conversation for the next week before we sit down again. How important and how meaningful is that? I mean, Jacob, can I, I mean, I asked the question, not out of any kind of great academic kind of philosopher, you know, philosophical perspective here, but I kind of, I didn't know the answer, but the fact that we're having this conversation, the fact that we're having the kind of connections kind of leads and lends itself to that. I had a very vibrant debate quite recently with a very, very high powered uh, educational, academic, uh, media, um, and talked about, and put out a general statement, in essence, that because of digital, the traditional lecture, the traditional lecturer, was was redundant. Complete nonsense. You know, and, and this perhaps is slightly provocative, but I'm going to say it anyway, it is my show after all. But in many ways, you know, it, it's all about... But that's another point. People are almost, you've used the word, frightened to some extent of technology, or frightened to take, you know, as I think I said in my lecture once or twice, you know, if you always turn right, well, turn left ever, you know, occasionally. Take a few risks, do a few things that you don't normally do, and you'll be the better for it, or at least you'll kind of find out. And my view, the flip classroom, uh, technology, digital, social media, I'm its biggest fan, its biggest patron, its biggest exponent, but not at the expense, because the human touch, which is what you've talked about, the complementary, and a phrase that you've used, continuing education, because something like a tweet is not the end game. It's not the finish. It's not real communication quite often. It's a continuum or it's an opportunity to have a discussion and a debate and to continue all the great things that can emanate out of that connection. We probably first met through a tweet, quite obviously, and look where it's taken us. And, you know, and all of those things. And every student of mine and every student that connects and connects, the whole kind of Seth Godden viral thing, I think, is out there for us all to use. So, Jacob, it's been great talking to you, as always, again today, as I've suggested from myself, Paul Blakey, and many, many others who I now know know you quite well through our connections at the various universities and the various connections. Are there any final thoughts that maybe you'd just like to throw out there uh, to my listeners and new listeners and the way we'll go throughout 2018 talking about our great sport business world? I'm just excited about the the unknown. Uh, and and I, I think really, I think what, what you're doing, what Paul's doing, what, um, uh, you know, what... what what some of the really, you know, truly, I think, great educators out there are doing is helping students prepare for a future that is unknown, not a a a, a job, right? I, I think, and that's that's where I think global education um, is so important is for our students to understand that they don't know what tomorrow holds, and that's okay; they'll be ready for it. Jacob, what a wonderful phrase! What a wonderful thought! It's been great talking to you again, as always, Jacob. Have a wonderful week. I think you're probably meeting with your class later. I know you're going to be meeting with them more formally, perhaps, uh, next Wednesday. Keep in touch and to our next edition. You take care. Great to have you on the show today, Jacob. Thank you so much, Alan. Cheers. Bye-bye.